the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. We got some oral sessions up in your ear holes today, everybody. And I've got a great guest. This man is, as he would say, on top of the world right now, and I tend to agree with that statement. We've got Adam Cole, baby, on the show. I love when these conversations are just a breeze, you know? They're just like, it's fun. Uh, We just get to have a chat. It's not like pulling teeth. Not that that happens often. It can happen sometimes, but like truly it doesn't happen often because I usually know these guests before they come on the show. So we have like an established relationship. So that definitely helps. But this was this honestly, the hour of this episode went by so quick. Um, I feel like uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys feel the same. There's just like a good hang. Anyways, was that enough of a preface for this interview? I think so. Let's just get into it. (laughs) Here's Adam Cole, everybody. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the Oral Sessions podcast. I've wanted to be on here for a very long time, so I'm very excited. That's great. And I mean, what a time for you to be able to come on because things are working for Adam Cole right now. Um, The first thing I want to say is that it is okay. So we were scheduled to record at one o'clock. Yes. You were here on the dot. And what I love about wrestlers is that they are always on time. What is, I mean, except for my husband, he is the exception to the rule. I was going to say sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I try to be, I try to be. I feel like there's like a different work ethic that comes with professional wrestling. Cause and I noticed this, so I was saying this when I started, um, just to plug my own shows here at my XM show that I'm doing with Misha Tate, we had on Anderson Silva and we also had on, uh, Ricky Starks. And I was like, Ricky will be on time. Mark my words. Wrestlers are on time. And they're like, Anderson's going to be late. He's going to be late. <laughs> he was not by like a ton. There was like connection issues and all this sure, stuff. And like sure. it is what it is. It's fine. But yeah, I was like, no wrestlers are on time. It's like, it's just something that I think is built into the work ethic of wrestlers to show up to shit promptly. What's up with that? Well, I, I think too, at least for me, it comes from, cause I've been late before. Uh, everybody has been late before. And to me, just with my personality specifically. So I don't know if it's wrestling. I mean, wrestling certainly has helped. But that feeling that I have in my heart and my stomach when I'm driving and I know that I'm late is the worst feeling. So I do all that I can to avoid that. I would literally text people, whether it be at NXT or Ring of Honor or wherever, and I'd go, hey, I know call time is one o'clock. I'll be there at 102. (laughs) And people are like, why? Why did you even bother texting us that? That's ridiculous. But it is. It's like uh, it's built into us, I think. There's something about that stress because I'm the same. If I feel like I'm late for something, my palms are fucking sweating. I'm like, it's just horrible. It's funny. John and I would actually kind of get into like pseudo arguments about it when we were both on the road with WWE because I'm like, hey, call times two. And he's like, no, I'll be there at like four o'clock. And I'm like, (laughs) what? Like panicking. I'm like, I'm going to the building without you. Like you can Uber over there, do whatever you got to do. But like, I just don't feel comfortable showing up late to things. It it stresses me out to no end. I hate it. Even if you're doing nothing like, because again, there are lots of times where we do have a call time that is super early. 
wherever that may be. But just being there makes me feel better. Yeah, exactly. Instead just of in going, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to, you never know. Especially when it's like, hey, we need you to do this promo. We need you to shoot something. You're like, well, shit, I'm glad that I was here and then I'm ready to go because there's nothing worse than walking in the door and they're like, we need you for this. We need you for this. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm not ready. I know. <laughs> I know. Terrible. I know. So uh, anyways, thanks for being on time. Much appreciated. Of course. I had to be on time. Had to be on time. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What's going on? I feel, uh, not to sound cliche, but I feel like I'm on top of the world. You are on top of the world. Confirmed. These past few weeks have just been the best. I mean, anyone who knows me, uh, I've been very open about watching AEW since it started uh, and following it closely. And seeing the fans and seeing the locker room and seeing how happy everybody is, that was like a real eye-opening thing for me, actually, as far as my decision and how easy it was, was there were many people who I had known while they were elsewhere or doing other things. And then seeing these people in AEW and seeing how much fun they were having, how happy they were, I was like, oh my God, wow, that's that's really, really awesome. Um, I don't know if I ever really jumped into this, but like, as far as I'll never forget, it was a couple days before all out where I was still kind of making my decision. Oh my God. It was down to like that close. Yeah. Just a few days. Well, I mean, I guess because of your contract. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it had gotten to a point where it was, we were getting pretty close and I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was pretty sure from the gate that AEW was where I wanted to go, but, but it was still like, again, not an easy decision to make. Yeah. Nine-year-old me fell in love with pro wrestling because of WWE. So it was like a, Oh, you know, what do I do? But I remember it was like one in the morning. Britt was fast asleep right beside me. <laughs> and I'm just laying there just awake and I'm a night owl. So I'm, I'm normally up much later than she is and get up much later than, than she does. But I was just laying there and I was, I, my eyes were shut and I was just thinking about showing up in AEW. And I got that giddy nine-year-old feeling thinking about it. So I was like, that's it. I've always followed my gut and I've always followed my heart. And the idea of coming here made me so excited and feel like a kid again. These past few weeks have just been proof that I made the right call. It's been, I am, I could not be more excited right now. I'm so pumped. Like I'm not one to like really get into like meditation and maybe I should break off a piece of that in my life. But I always hear about that. Like if you shut your eyes and kind of ask yourself that question, your body basically tells you what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. And for you to like, just to have like that gut instinct to know that that's what you wanted to do to make that decision. Also, I think just like the factor that your contract was up to be in such a cool situation that you didn't have to wait the 90 days. Like I didn't know what was happening. I'm like, if Adam Cole does not show up here, I'm going to lose my shit. Cause it was like the perfect opportunity of like, shit. Okay. His contract just ended. There's no 90 days. He can, we can literally hit the music and have the guy come out. Um, and you coming out before Brian was definitely the move because everyone, you know, everyone kind of knew and assumed that Brian was going to be there, but for it to be like, Oh shit. Like just such a great moment, man. So that was the best part to me. But aside from the fact of how hidden we were, like, I don't know if I really jumped into this. Exactly. Yeah. Not only the trailer, but me and I'm pretty sure Brian did as well, but I don't want to speak for him. But we flew into Milwaukee the night before and then stayed in a hotel. Me and Brian stayed in different hotels. I love the kayfabery. I love it too. (laughs) I love it. It drove to Chicago. We were in a trailer the entire time to the point they kept us in that trailer so long 
Speaking of being stressed out and being on time, <laughs> it was like the main event ended and I'm still in this trailer. And I'm like, is someone going to come get us? I've never even been in the building. I don't know where the entrance is. I, I was starting to freak out. So they brought us the last possible second. But yeah, it was so, so cool to be a part of, especially to like, again, I know this kind of goes off of what we were talking about a little bit, but like I had a great time in NXT in, in the four years that I was there, but still to feel that amount of excitement and just so ready to go for that pay-per-view. I mean, it was, it felt like such a magical night. Top to bottom, the card was excellent. Couldn't have been better. Again, going off what you were saying with the whole surprise thing, I think everyone did expect Brian because I remember when Kenny got on the mic afterwards, the whole crowd's going, yes, yes, yes. And they're, you know, chanting for Brian Danielson. So then when I came out, they were like, whoa, we didn't expect that. And then I think for a second, they're like, okay, they'll save Brian Danielson for later. Three minutes later, there he is. <laughs> There's just not that many moments that you really get to surprise people and to really have that feeling. And especially like you said, it's like through your career, you've had such a great time and you had such a great career through your time at NXT, through your time at Ring of Honor to now be able to go out and, and like relive a moment like that again at this point and wrestling being as hot as it is. What a time. And stuff like that just makes like me excited as a fan watching that. I'm like, oh my God. I love that shit so much. It's the best. Okay. So what were some of the conversations that you were having before you left NXT? I mean, as your contract's running down, like what were your conversations with Hunter? The nice thing about my relationship with him and my relationship with Shawn Michaels, they are so positive, like to this day, positive. I formed a bond with Hunter, with Shawn that I would like to think, and they have made it very apparent Uh, To me as well, that it's a relationship that we're always going to keep because I loved working with those guys. Uh, He knew what my goals were, the things that I wanted to accomplish. I think a big reason I loved NXT so much was, again, we had that freedom and that ability to wrestle super cool, longer matches and get to show ourselves off like artistically in that sense. NXT was was kind of built on that mentality. I, I got in at like the perfect time, at least for what I love about pro wrestling. He understood that I wanted to continue doing stuff like that. He knew that my Twitch was super important to me. And I know that's a big, big no-no in WWE, which is unfortunate. But yeah, so I, I was very open and very honest with him to the point where when I was still thinking about what I was going to do, even when my contract was up, like he knew that. And then when the decision was made, he knew that. And Sean knew that. So I, I, I've always been open and honest with them right out of the gate because they've always been open and honest with me. I love Hunter. I love Sean. They have been nothing but incredible to me. They made me better as a performer. I don't think I'd be where I'm at in AEW right now if it wasn't for those two. And I really do mean that seriously. Like when I think about the performer that I was in Ring of Honor, as much as I learned and as many great people as I got to work with, getting that four years with them is priceless. It's absolutely priceless. Yeah. I mean, what a learning tree to be under. I mean, especially you. I mean, obviously the comparisons with you and Sean. So to be like right under his umbrella, under his wing, what a great spot to be. Uh, what else did you talk to Sean about? I mean, I imagine you talked to Hunter about the business side of things, et cetera, et cetera. But what was the conversations like with Sean? Sean was so open and this was so cool for me. Sean and I have developed a relationship, like I said, that I think that will 
last for the rest of our lives. At least I hope so. Um, and I know Sean feels that way too. Uh, but Sean has always been such a big supporter of me and what is best for me. So of course he wanted me to work something out where I could stay and, and things like that. But at the same time, Sean wanted me to be happy. He wanted me to do what was best for me. So he has my back. He didn't want you to lose your smile. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. So so to have that, because he knows how much I respect him, how much I look up to him and idolize him. So for him to be very open about, you know, listen, of course, I, I want you to stay here, but I want you to be happy. He was putting business aside, all that stuff aside. He just wanted me to be as happy as possible. So that was really, really cool for me. It was something I needed to hear, honestly. Like I said, it was a big decision. So to have him have my back that way was really cool. And it's not necessarily, I mean, I'm sure it's not in the same sense of like getting like a blessing from somebody to go off. It's like leaving on the right terms. And you know that it's not just like, screw you guys, screw this. I'm going off to this other thing. It's like no ill will. It's just going off to explore a new patch of grass. And I think that's what makes it harder. Lots of times. Like, like again, I could sit down and try to go, okay, what can I be angry about? What can I be upset about and go, okay, this decision was easy because I hated this aspect of of what I was doing. That doesn't exist for me. I had such a wonderful time there. So in a lot of ways, it makes it harder. But then it says to me, the character of guys like Sean and guys like Hunter, who were still so kind to me the entire way through even with the idea of me leaving. So um, nothing but respect and love for those two. It, it is really hard to come to those conclusions. I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, so you spend so much time with these people too. It's not even just like times at TVs or times on the road. It's like times texting. It really is like that family environment. You develop these relationships and it, yeah, it's not like shit, this thing happened and screw you guys and moving on to the other thing. It's Just like, no, this is where life is taking me. This is a path that I have to follow. And it's great because things are working out great for you. It doesn't come with its hardships or without its hardships as well that are a little heartbreaking. Of course. Yeah. And again, I think a bunch of that is because of the relationships formed, you know, between the relationships I have in that locker room, which I still have the relationship with Sean and Hunter, like we talked about, which I still have. It makes it a harder pill to swallow. In, in a lot of ways. Well, screw those guys. The war's on, bitches. I'm just <laughs> <Right>. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you mentioned to like kind of earlier on when you came in at NXT at the perfect time and you're able to work these longer matches and creatively and artistically do the things that you wanted to do. When did that shift start to happen that felt like maybe you guys weren't able to do that as much anymore? Honest to God, I never dealt with it. I never dealt with the shift. I really never dealt with the change. From the time I started there to my last match with Kyle O'Reilly at TakeOver 36, we had so much creative freedom. Again, the length of the matches were super long. The, The promo segments we were doing, we had so much input on. I really didn't deal with much of a change. I know now with NXT 2.0 going on, there seems to be a massive, massive change, which is fine. But I seriously, honest to God, I never dealt with any of it. I never did. I, I mean, we had heard rumblings about the change coming, but by the time I was gone, I had never experienced or dealt with the change whatsoever. So that's what I mean when I say my time at NXT was flawless because I really never, I never dealt with any of that. I never did. What was um, sort of the sentiment, I guess, I mean, not as a generality, but like for you and you specifically of that feeling of like, okay, I'm waiting to be called up to the main roster, going to go to Raw or SmackDown. Was there that hesitation of like, 
shit, do I even want to do that? I mean, you hear these kind of like, you know, I like use the term horror stories of like people being brought up and their character gets changed, their music gets changed, their gear gets changed. And Vince just has a different idea for what somebody is versus what Hunter has been able to nurture at NXT. Were you nervous of getting that phone call? For sure. But that's not to say that I didn't want to do that and experience it. I want to be able to look back on my career and say that I, uh, you know, accomplished or did everything that I wanted to. And again, like even I had a really short stint where I was getting the chance to work on SmackDown and work on Raw. And I got to do the match at Survivor Series. And all of those were very positive experiences as well. It was all crazy. And that's a whole other story with the whole last minute thing. Oh, we'll get into that because that was insane. That was bonkers. <laughs> all of it was very positive. But yeah, there, there certainly was a fear. And it's not because of anything other than the fact that I feel like I had known so many people who had gotten upset or stressed out by situations they were thrown into, which again, I'm like that annoyingly optimistic person that like uh, finds the positive in everything. Uh, But yeah, that was a concern. And it was something I was a little bit worried about because so far in the 13 and a half years that I've been in the pro wrestling business, I have not gotten to a point yet where I'm like, I hate this. I am not having fun. I've been very lucky, fingers crossed, the entire time. Well, you just keep it fresh, pop over somewhere else, check out some new things, just kind of keep pro wrestling fresh in the heart. That's smart. Was the last time that you were on, well, I know this was SmackDown, but that was that the last time you were up on the main roster was for that insane last minute show where the, the crew got stuck in Saudi Arabia we had to bring up everyone from NXT. My ass had to jump on commentary again with Pat McAfee, <laughs> your boy. Oh, my favorite. I'm like, what is <laughs> that piece oh of shit? Oh, my God. What a jerk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was, I mean, that was an insane show for everybody. But you and Brian had never even touched prior to that match, right? Never. And again, I had been a fan of Brian. Like, I've been pretty open about uh, the fact that CM Punk And Brian Danielson were two of the guys that got me into not only independent wrestling, not only Ring of Honor, but the fact that wrestling existed outside of WWE and WCW and ECW. I was like, oh, my God, there's wrestling in Japan. There's independence all over the country. And those two were the ones who were responsible. So right as I came into Ring of Honor, he was leaving to go to WWE. So I never had the chance to work with him ever. And then when that all went down and that all happened, my God, again, the fan (laughs) in me was so excited to get the chance to to get in there with him, which is really cool. And the funny thing is, too, I wouldn't have changed the circumstance at all. Like it was perfect. It was this crazy, chaotic. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Okay, let's just let uh, Adam Cole and and Daniel Bryan go nuts. Uh, It was was so, so much fun. So much fun. That was so like, I remember like, I mean, obviously Brian was there prior to you guys because we were all waiting for the NXT flight to get in. We're in Buffalo. I believe it was like the dead of winter as well. I think it, I think it was dead of winter. You guys got in there like just before the show started. I got in there and Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar were in the ring cutting a promo. Oh my God. Well, I mean, but it's stuff like that that makes wrestling so cool because when you don't have time to micromanage everything, you don't have time to overanalyze, just let the people go out and do their skill, do their talent, let them shine. And I feel like that was such a prime example of just pros being pros from like top to bottom of that 
whole show. For sure. Like, I, and the whole day. To me, getting kicked in the face as well, right. by the way, but that's a different story. I did get kicked in the face that day. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. But the, that, that whole day was nuts. I remember it was like 1.30 in the afternoon, and I'm walking around just having a, a normal morning, just very, very relaxed or I guess afternoon at this point, it was one 30. I'm walking around making a coffee and I get a call and they go, you need to get on this airplane by three o'clock and you need to go to this airport. And the airport was an hour away. Oh my God. I had 30 minutes to like pack everything, get ready to go. I got there. We wait forever. The plane took forever to take off. We're up in the air. We still don't know what we're doing. I don't know if I'm wrestling Brian. I don't know what's going on. None of us know anything. It's making my stomach turn for you right now. Yeah, talking about being late. (laughs) Oh my God, I was losing my mind. Terrible. (laughs) And then some of us kind of find out that we're wrestling, but we're not really sure what we're doing. So I'm putting, I'm sitting beside Shawn Michaels, who's trying to figure out what I'm doing. And I'm putting my boots on 30,000 feet in the air. (laughs) We got a police escort to the venue, like where we're, you know, speeding through everything and there's cop cars with lights on. It was so nuts. Such a nuts day. Yeah, it was it was absolutely insane. I mean, anyone that's not watched that SmackDown, I implore you to go back to check out that episode because it was a, a lot of fun. Um, also, you were there for CM Punk's debut back into professional wrestling when he jumped on backstage. Remember when you were there and yes. like nobody knew what was going on? His music hit. I mean, a much different scenario now that now you can actually wrestle him instead of just have conversations with him. But very cool. It was awesome. I legit had no idea. No clue. I remember there was this funny uh, thing that like not many people picked up on, but some people did is when his music played, I still didn't think he was actually going to walk out. (laughs) So I remember I like jokingly. Yeah. Like air guitar yeah. thinking like, oh, cool. Okay. We're going to play this song. Whoa, there he is. <laughs> like no idea. No, it, that was awesome. That was awesome. And, th- and that was in the middle of the madness of the, that crazy November. Everything was happening. Everything was happening. Everything. The NFL is back and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. There's so many reasons to love FanDuel Sportsbook. It's so easy to use, super easy to navigate. I assure you, it is absolutely foolproof. Plus, it's America's number one sportsbook. I mean, what else do you really need to hear? New to FanDuel Sportsbook? They're also offering a risk-free $1,000 bet if you prefer that. Just sign up with the promo code Renee, and if your first bet loses, you get up to $1,000 back in site credit. Just use the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Maximum refund, $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, New Jersey, or Virginia. Or 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. How is it now being able to work alongside your very over girlfriend? It's the best, the absolute best. Here's the thing is like, we always found time for each other. 
we always made sure that we obviously spend as much time together as we can. Every time after a show, she would call me. It normally would be very, very late because by the time AEW is done, it's late. I would call her. Same type of thing. But she has been so busy lately and I was pretty busy as well. So there would be many weeks where I would see her for like half a day once a week where stuff was just, again, crazy. Uh, But now the coolest thing to me is to be able to be backstage and to have her go, hey, this is a promo I'm going to do or this is a match I'm going to do. Can I run it by you? Uh, And then we talk about it. And then she goes out and does it. And then my favorite part is sitting in the back and watching it with everyone. And when she does really well and everyone is reacting to it backstage and all excited about how well she's doing. And then I get to be right there to like give her a big hug or tell her how great she did. You don't realize how important it is to be in the same company with your partner until you get the chance to do it. Now, the idea of going back to the other way makes me very sad. To think that I I wouldn't get that chance. So so how long until we get the mixed tag? When does this happen? Oh my god! I hope as soon as possible. Really? Oh, I love that. Me and Britt got to do a couple mixed tags on the independents before I went to NXT, and we had a blast. She's grown a lot as a wrestler. I've grown a lot as a wrestler. I'm all about it. I would love it. Did you guys have a lot of conversations? Um, I'm sure over the past, you know, couple of years of like, hey, why don't you come to NXT? There's some openings. I'm sure that they must have been sniffing around trying to sign her and vice versa. I mean, obviously, you've got the Young Bucks over there as well. You've got your whole history with everybody at AEW. But you guys must have had a lot of conversations over the dinner table of like, who's going to go where and how do we sort this out? Oh, definitely. Because Britt was in such an interesting spot where it kind of, because of AEW, and again, because she's so talented, but stuff blew up for her kind of overnight, or that's how it felt. Again, she had been doing some great independence. She had been doing well and formed relationships with, you know, other girls or other promoters. And then all of a sudden, here she is with this brand new company that's just on fire and she's knocking it out of the park. But yeah, I, I know for sure that NXT was interested in saying, hey, you know, if, if Brit's available, please let us know. And I know AEW was interested in me as well. So it was an interesting kind of back and forth of, oh, it'd be cool if, if you came here or it'd be cool if I came there. But again, we were both under contract. Yes, not much you can do, but wait it out. <laughs> not much we can do, but we, we did we did fantasize about those things. Yeah. Romanticize those <laughs> ideas uh, up right. and down. Um, okay, so I've had Britt on the show and she gave me um, the rundown of your guys' love connection. But I would like to hear from your perspective of meeting Britt Baker for the first time you guys met online. Give me your version of the story. We've talked wrestling. Let's talk love connections now. Yeah, this sounds, this sounds great. <laughs> so funny enough is I, I think uh, Brit's story, I, I'm assuming, is, is very, very accurate. But funny enough is we were even before Bumble, because Bumble was kind of where it all started. But we were actually Facebook friends before that. We'd never had conversation on there or anything except for I remember we had matched on Bumble, I guess, because she was in Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is very close to where I was living at the time. And then she sent me a message saying, who's this guy? Uh, and it was my picture. Uh, so we had kind of been talking a little bit back and forth. And then either I got busy or she got busy. So it was like this very much back and forth discussion type of thing. And I remember one day I had reached out because I thought she was beautiful. What a babe. 100% babe. Uh, <laughs> and I kept asking her about going on a date. And she was very hesitant about it because she didn't want to date a wrestler. I don't recommend it. Yeah. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> and I kept kind of, you know, pressing the issue. And I remember the selling point for her was I went to New Japan to go and wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom. And it was when I won the Ring of Honor title for the third time. And she, I guess, was so impressed that I went to Japan and I was still messaging her all the time. So she's like, oh, okay. He's actually interested. So I finally <laughs> talked her into going uh, on a date with me where we met kind of halfway in the middle. It was like two and a half hours for me and or two, two and a half hours for her. And we went to a TGI Fridays and we closed the place down. It was like <laughs> six hours of us just sitting there and talking. We had so many cups of coffee. Oh, yeah, because you couldn't even have cocktails because you were driving. Shit. Exactly. Right. Wow. That says a lot to just like soberly sit and enjoy each other's company right off the bat. That's a good sign. Brit is the type of person to me. And I mean this as the highest compliment because I think she looks beautiful in pictures. But I remember seeing her in person for the first time and getting that like heart drop into your stomach feeling uh, and being like, Oh my God. Like I was nervous. I I wanted to say the right things. The date went really, really well. And we had talked about maybe hanging out. I think it was like three weeks later. And I remember on the drive home, I texted her and I said, I know we're supposed to get together in three weeks. Can you hang out on Sunday? Our date was Friday. And she goes, yeah, I can. And the rest was history. Then we just started talking every day and got really, really close. So I, I was crazy about her from the beginning. How did you guys close that gap of living far apart from each other to having to meet every, you know, two and a half hour drives for you guys? She sometimes would come and visit me, but she was so busy with dental school um, where lots of times I would drive up to see her. So because I had that that schedule where especially at the time with with Ring of Honor, lots of times we would have shows or, you know, weekend of shows once every two weeks. So I would have God like sometimes a week and a half of doing whatever I wanted to do. So it was very easy for me to drive up and visit her or um, be on shows that she was on and and things like that. So thankfully, my schedule was very, very open. And then it just made sense, I guess, for you guys to move to Florida because you obviously had to be there for NXT. It just made sense to be like, we're Florida people now. I was there for like a year uh, by myself first and she was finishing up school. And then the second that she could, she didn't even think about it. She was like, of course, of course, I'm going to move to Florida. So that was huge for me, too. That was really cool for her to pick up and take her entire life to Florida because I love Pennsylvania and she loves Pennsylvania. Uh, Like someday we are 1000 percent going to move back to PA. So for her in a heartbeat to be like, yeah, let's go. But yeah, I'll, I'll go down there with you and live there. It was really cool. Yeah. That's just the way that that has to go. I mean, even like when John and I, when we first started dating, I was living in New York, he was living in Las Vegas, but we had time when we would hang out together on the road, of course. But then we'd both go back to like our corners. I'd be doing my thing. He'd be doing his. And then when it was like, all right, what are we doing here? Let's move this to the next level. And I remember talking to Hunter and I was like, can I move out of New York? Cause I had to be there to do a studio show, but the studio show that I was doing, I would literally drive up there. It took me 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm living in New York city to do one show one day a week for 20 minutes. This seems crazy to me. Um, so yeah, I, I once Hunter finally was, wow, I really just hit the T on Hunter on Hunter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, when he was like, all right, you don't have to live out this way anymore, you know, be free. But he's like, but if we need you back at the studio, you've got to move back here. I was like, okay, sure. No problem. Uh, and then, yeah, we moved out to Las Vegas and, uh, yeah, it was just, you do whatever you got to do to be with, uh, be with your person, make that move. 
the nice thing though with us is because we started long distance, like we were always able to handle it. Even as of a few months ago, with the fact that I was only getting to see her one, maybe two days a week, we have been used to that from the beginning. But when we do get the chance to spend a lot more time together, that's always a positive as well. The fact that we started that way, I think it did really help us. And it really, you know, she understands being in the pro wrestling business, me being in it. She gets that our schedules can be wacky. Thank God. Right. Could you imagine if you were like, I mean, I'm, you know, there's plenty of people in wrestling that are with people that are not in wrestling, but how nice to just have that commonality and you don't have to explain anything. Everyone's on the same page. It's so nice. So, so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So you mentioned uh, Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan, Ring of Honor. Are those some things that you still kind of want to do? Are you going to show up in some other promotions? I think that could be really cool because, again, I cut my teeth on the independent scene for 10 years before I had my time in NXT and now with AEW. So specifically, New Japan is something I would like to do more of because I had done a fair amount of tours. I think it was I don't know if it was 10, but it was almost 10 uh, where I got the chance to go and wrestle in in Cork and Hall and the Tokyo Dome and Sumo Hall and all these really, really cool venues. But I really enjoyed my time there. And I felt like right as I was kind of starting to find my footing there or gain a little bit of momentum, that was when I left. So the chance to go back there would be really cool. Again, I think back so fondly of my time in ROH, which is really cool. PWG, I had some of the times of of my life there. I got my start in CZW, which is where I met John. (laughs) Uh, So there's a bunch of really cool things that I would like the chance to do because I independent wrestling is a blast. It, it is oh, just it seems like it's the best, especially right now. What is like, what is your take on, I mean, you know, b- between WWE and AEW now, but yeah, I mean, looking at these other promotions and making those all still thrive in the way that the other promotions are still doing, uh, is that something that you think uh, maybe other people that are looking at, at where they're going to sign or what their contracts are looking like should kind of keep in mind to keep those indies so hot? Absolutely. That's the thing is people keep talking about wrestling being really hot right now, but like it's kind of across the board. You know, I know I know coming out of the pandemic, it's been kind of tough for everyone to kind of get their footing and and get back to where they need to go. But my God, just wrestling as a whole, even on the independent level, feels like everything is is gaining massive momentum. You see guys uh, like Matt Cardona who who has taken a situation. (laughs) My God, he's the hottest he's been in years and he deserves every second of it. And he's been going that indie route of, of, and and the nice thing is too, it's not only great for him, but it's great for the promotions he's working for. Like it's, it's so good across the board. So absolutely. I I think uh, people taking the indie approach of working for a bunch of different places all across the country, all across the world is, is definitely a positive. It makes me really excited. Kevin Owens contract seems to be coming up. What would you like to see uh, KO do? And I mean this because I'm friends with Kevin. I want Kevin to do what makes him happiest. So, of course. What an Adam Cole answer. It's true, though. It's, <laughs> I really mean it. I really mean it. it it's the, it's I, I mean it in my soul. However, of course, I would love the idea of him joining me and the Young Bucks and, and everybody else here. That would be incredible. However, I do want Kevin to be happy. I do. So there's no 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 part of me that would be 
angry or upset with uh, whatever his decision is. But follow your heart, Kevin. Follow your heart. That's what I did at one in the morning. See, just laying there. Close by myself. your eyes, and your gut will steer you in the right direction. You heard it here first. It worked for me, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> it worked for me. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the party and uh, your whole up, up, down, down life and that crew of dudes. Um, I, you guys just put out that video of you know kind of separating and all going your different routes. How hard was that for you? Very hard. That was probably the hardest part about the decision. I think I really formed a close bond with Woods and Swiss and Breeze over the pandemic. Again, the backstory to that is so funny, too, because Claudio and Breeze and Creed all wanted to start producing some more content since the pandemic started. And they were like, I think we want to start playing Uno. We need a fourth guy. And I didn't know this. But when I did the first episode, I was kind of on trial. Like they, <laughs> they your were audition. Yeah, that was my audition. And I didn't know that. Rude. I was like, OK, yeah, I'll do it. And they, I guess, all knew immediately. Oh, my God, this is our this is our four man crew. And then between all the fun content that we produced and all the fun moments that we've had together. So I, I talk to those guys every single day. We have a group chat and we talk every single day. So that makes me feel better. Cause it doesn't feel like I've lost that connection with those guys, but the most important thing kind of not even kind of for sure was so many different messages that we have gotten so many different situations that people have been in talking about family members passing away or an animal passing away or them losing their job or whatever it was. And them saying that those videos really helped them get through a really rough time is so crazy and so humbling and so cool. Uh, I wish so bad there was a way for us to still be able to do stuff together. I really, really do. But I did say it's not goodbye. It's just see you later. So doesn't mean that it's done forever. Uh, but I, I love those guys to death. I, I love everyone who who watched Uno and watched all the content that we did because what an amazing group of people. Yeah, I'm going to miss it a lot. What do you think it's like the importance of Keeping content like that going outside of wrestling, I mean, it's obviously been able to help you massively. It's helped all of those guys massively. I mean, Woods is king. like content he's the king. king. Um, he is the king of it. I mean, who learns the bass guitar during a pandemic and just is like, what the fuck? Right? <laughs> he's the My best. God. Has two he little is. kids at home, and he's like, I'm, you know, he's like, he's a busy dude, and he's like, he always finds time to do shit. Um, but yeah, just for you to be able to establish yourself. Kind of just has like a personality outside of wrestling and turn it into a little coin. I think it's huge because um, I, I was thinking about that more and more, too. And this is something I don't want to think about because I want to wrestle for, you know, 15 more years or whatever. I feel like I have a lot of my wrestling career left. But to have a quote unquote backup plan or other skills that you develop throughout your time as a wrestler, I feel like it's so important. On top of that, for me, I've always been someone that likes to do things that make me really happy. And streaming and content creation is something that I've really learned to love a lot. Again, it's why my Twitch was so important to me. The community that we built was so important to me, but it is, it's huge. I think it's vital to make sure that you have stuff that you can do outside of pro wrestling to help you. Again, because I'm a dumbass. What is the Chugs? What is this name? <laughs> what so is I, it? I will absolutely explain it because a lot of people ask that. So. When I was coming up with a gamer tag, I wanted it to be something goofy 
uh, because video games are supposed to be fun and they're silly and it's wild. Um, so I didn't want to be like the Avenger 48. I didn't want to have like a real serious name, but the reason I'm chugs is because I am notoriously awful at chugging anything. Oh, so <laughs> okay. the reason I'm chugs is my friends used to call me chugs as a joke. So it's similar. If like you have a friend who's like seven to 500 pounds and you call him tiny, this is our boy, tiny. So it's just an ironic name. Uh, and I decided from the name given to me by Roderick Strong, Eddie Edwards, and Matt Taven, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be my gamer tag. So never have you shotgun a beer. It will not go well. It will go awful. <laughs> it will go to this day at 32 years old. It would be terrible. I'm bad at chugging water, let alone something that's carbonated. <laughs> no, keep the carbon. No. Yeah, that'll either lead to like vomit or burps all day. No, thank you. Um, okay, good. I'm glad I got to the bottom of that because I was a little bit confused. It's a weird name. It's a weird name. Yeah. I and I just didn't I didn't know the context. I was a little anyways. I'm now I know. This I this is my journalistic integrity just chiming in. No, it's a great question. So speaking of my journalistic integrity, I get most of my information off of Wikipedia and there's not a lot of information on you about there outside of your full wrestling career, which is great, but I want the personal stuff. And the only two personal notes on your Wikipedia are that you took a karate class, just says took a karate class and loves to scuba dive. (laughs) (laughs) I would like a follow-up on this karate class and how this sprung into your professional wrestling career. Funny enough, the karate class actually deserves a ton of credit because it was my karate instructor who introduced me to pro wrestling. I got so into it where, again, we had karate class Monday through Thursday, and I would get there early every day, stay there late every day. I was so into it. And one day I got there early and my karate instructor was watching a taped Monday Night Raw. And it was Kane and Stone Cold Steve Austin putting Paul Bear in a sewer. And I was just watching it while he was on the treadmill. And he goes, oh, do you watch pro wrestling? And I said, yeah, yeah, I watch it all the time. But I'd never watched it before. I just wanted to fit in with him real bad. And long story short, he ended up letting me borrow. He taped the pay-per-view. It was WrestleMania 15, uh, the first Rock versus Austin uh, match in Philly. And my mom signed off on me being able to take the tape home because she liked him. So she was like, oh, there's no way he would, you know, introduce my son to anything awful. And I remember seeing Rock and Austin for the first time, and then I was hooked. So thanks to my karate lessons uh, that I became a massive, not only a massive wrestling fan, but became a pro wrestler. I feel like we need to connect you with the karate instructor again. I know. I know. I would love to talk to him. I just saw a video like that the other day that was um, it was Ellen having Beyonce on and Beyonce's talking about being going to like a dance class or something. And the dance instructor was like girl, you can sing. And then like put her in all these talent shows. And Ellen was like, here she is. And she brought her out and Beyonce and the dance instructor got to have this like beautiful moment together. We need to, we need to start reuniting people here on oral sessions. That would be the best. I wish it. I was like, so here awesome. he comes. He joins the zoom. That would be fantastic. That would be amazing. <laughs> I don't know. Oh have my that. God. I'll that would be amazing. He was such a nice guy too. My God, like, oh, the best. I hear that you had a killer wrestling t-shirt collection as a child. Oh my God, so many. Do you have any more of them still? Because you could probably make a lot of money off of those. I probably could. I probably could. So a a bunch of them are at my mom's house still. Um, But, oh my God, it was the two things I collected the most 
as a wrestling fan where I was really into the t-shirts. I wore a wrestling t-shirt to school every single day to the point where a girl said, I will give you $20 if you wear a non-wrestling t-shirt to school. <laughs> did you take her up and on it? I did. And you know what I did with that $20 that I got? Bought I bought the Rocks American flag, just bring it t-shirt with that 20 bucks. <laughs> Suck on that chick. She just fed into the cause. Burn on you. Your massive wrestling t-shirt collection. And then I also loved having DVDs and VHSs and stuff. Like I, I loved, um, being able, cause I would just watch wrestling all day when I was a kid. So I was really into backyard wrestling, which is a big, you know, big no, no, but I was really into that. And then watching it. So it was, it was either, either I was watching wrestling or I was on my trampoline doing moves to my younger brother and my friends. If you could um, bring back one, just one of your childhood wrestling t-shirts, what would it be? What was your favorite one? You know what? There's a, <laughs> this, is a this is a ridiculous story. I'm going to, I'm going to say, this is the one I would bring back. So when I was in school, I had a couple girlfriends in elementary school, me and girls who would hold hands. And anytime that relationship would end in elementary school, I had a Stone Cold Steve Austin, don't trust anybody t-shirt <laughs> that I used to wear. <laughs> the, if I was upset about something, that was my way of showing the world I was angry. I would wear this, I would wear this Stone Cold, don't trust anybody t-shirt feeling real, real tough. Like, okay, fine. You won't hold hands with me anymore. Whatever. <laughs> That's the shirt I'll bring back. Just send some <laughs> bliminal messages through your t-shirts. <laughs> I won't say it, but my shirt will speak for me. Yeah. I won't even say I'm going to act really cool and not, I'm not sad at all. I'm definitely just conveniently wearing this <laughs> shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Last question. We've run through all the wrestling things, got into a little personal stuff, but with wrestling being blasted wide open right now, who do you want to work with from any promotion? Give me like a top three. CM Punk is number one. He is on my Mount Rushmore, my personal Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling in the sense of he's the one who helped me discover what Ring of Honor was. Uh, he's the one that made me go, I really want to make sure I focus on promos because uh, he was always a great talker. Uh, the fact that that is a possibility now is mind blowing to me. Who else is on your Mount Rushmore? This is just my personal Mount Rushmore of favorite wrestlers. It is Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, and CM Punk. I think that's a great Mount Rushmore. Again, Stone Cold's the one who got me into pro wrestling. Shawn Michaels, in my opinion, is the greatest of all time. CM Punk, again, is the guy who uh, got me into wrestling outside of WWE. And just mechanically, pound for pound, Kurt Angle. My God, so good. Duck to water. Um, okay, so CM Punk and who are your other two that you want to work? I'm really excited the idea of working with Jungle Boy because he's a young talent. Like it's it's cool to finally be in a spot because I still at heart feel like the young guy and I still am learning all the time. So I'm not saying at all that I, I have it all figured out, but it's cool to be in a position where there's like young, super talented guys that I feel like I could help even just a little bit. Uh, and he's a guy that I think is just so talented. And then believe it or not, and I'm not just saying this, but John Moxley. Because you guys have never wrestled, right? Never, never, never. And I've known him literally since I was training. We have never wrestled before. Him and I were talking about that yesterday because I was like telling him that I was having you on the show. And I, I was like, yeah, if you guys have never wrestled because you came into CZW as he was leaving. Is that right? So I was there for a little bit, but he was, again, I was the greenest of the green. Like it was 
I had just started. So of course they're not going to put John in there with a guy, a guy like me on a show where he was headlining those CZW shows. I was lucky if I was on the pre-show, like I was brand new, but like I'm talking double digits as far as matches have gone. And then right when I started to kind of gain a little bit of experience and a little bit of trust, uh, then yes, he was gone. He was gone. So yeah, never had the chance to. Well, hey, the time is now. It is. The coolest thing about those three dream matches is is they're all possible. Is there anyone from another promotion that you would like to work? Like if you were to go back to New Japan or you were to step into Ring of Honor, anyone from there that kind of has your eye? I've wrestled Jonathan Gresham before. Um, and he's, he's in ring of honor. Uh, we did the finals of a, um, a tournament in Pittsburgh and that went really well. Uh, and Gresham has always been really, really good, but he's on fire right now. He's a guy I would love to wrestle again. And I've been fortunate enough to wrestle Tanahashi in a singles match, but I've never wrestled Okada in a singles match. So he's a guy I would really love the chance to, to step in there with as well. Hell yeah. All right. Well, hey, maybe all these dreams can come true. It seems like the world is working for Adam Cole right now. I'm so happy for you. I'm so excited for you. It's just it's a lot of fun to watch. So from a fan point of view, thank you. Of course. Thank you, Renee. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on uh, AEW. Yes. See you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for uh, hanging out with with me and Adam Cole on this interview of Oral Sessions. Great chat. Cannot wait to watch this dude just continue to absolutely motherfucking crush it. That's what he's doing. Um, We are going to have more episodes of Oral Sessions coming up. We've got plenty more guests booked. Who do you guys want to hear on Oral Sessions? That's what I want to know. You know, hit me up on on Twitter, on Instagram, on all of the socials. Um, let me know who you want to hear, because we're you know we're booking people left, right, and center, and that's the fun part about this is we get to do whatever the hell we want. Because I'm my own boss, kind of, unless Colin Cowherd tells me that he hates everything. Do you hate everything, Colin? Please chime in. Imagine he was still listening at this point. Does he listen to the show? I don't know. Oh God. Uh, all right, guys, thanks for hanging out. See you soon. Hear you soon. Talk to you soon.